You feeling okay? I know it's been a tough week. I'm speaking life. It's been a good week. It's been a great week. I'm speaking life. You know, tell you, man, you got to get off that CDC website. You want to get depressed? Get on the CDC website. You find, start finding out how many cases there are, and it's a crazy time. I'm, I'm praying God's best over you. We've had some, you know, challenges in this season, and and, and if you know anybody or lost anybody, I'm, I'm so sorry. We're, we're praying for you and lifting you up in prayer. Um, we will get through this, and we'll get out of this stronger. And I really believe, man, the Lord's been speaking so strong to me that 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 we're ready. Can I just say that? We're ready. I know you don't feel ready, but we're ready for this. Like we've, we've been, you remember our church services? We were going in. We knew God was preparing us for something. We used to look at each other after service was over like something about to happen. And that, we thought it was a good thing. We like something about to happen. Something about to happen. In 2020, something about to happen. Oh, it happened all right. It happened. And, and I got to believe that we were ready for this. I feel the strength and, and the fire of the Holy Spirit in our church so strong. The generosity has been unbelievable. The faith has been unbelievable. And if you're struggling, right, if you're struggling, that's good. Because we all have moments where we need Jesus to come and renew and refresh our faith. The Bible says times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. Why would the scripture say that if you don't need times where you need to be refreshed? It's, it's okay. It's like, I think we, we're hard on ourselves. Like we're just like, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I gotta stay strong. I gotta stay strong. Faith, faith, faith. And we have a bad day and we start feeling like we're a bad Christian because we have a bad day. No, you're not a bad Christian. It's just a bad day. It's a bad day. That's why the Bible says his mercy is new every morning because, man, I've had some days where I've, I, I lean into that verse. I say, I if I could just make it to the morning, there is fresh mercy. There's fresh mercy if I make it to the morning. And so I, I understand that's a tough time, but stay encouraged. God is, God is with us, family. I, I'm excited to preach a message today. Uh, uh, I wasn't excited at first because God told me to preach on Peter getting out of the boat. And this is like the most, arguably this might be the most preached passage of scripture in the Bible. And so I'm like, what do you want me to say? Lord, I, like what has not been said about, somebody's logging off right now, oh Lord, getting out of the boat. Got it, we got out of the boat already. I haven't been in a boat in five years. I don't wanna hear that. <laughs> but I feel like God has given me um, some, some fresh perspective and revelation from this passage of scripture. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 14, verse 22 through 33. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. I want to preach a message called, It's Not About the Boat. It's not about the boat. I see it's already fresh revelation. Because when you think about Peter stepped out of the boat, you're like, yeah, Peter stepped out of the boat. I'm preaching a message called, It's Not About the Boat. Put in the chat, it ain't about the boat. I'm switching it up. It ain't about the boat. Matthew 14, verse 22 through 33. Immediately, I should have had y'all open. Maybe we opened our windows last week and gave a shout of praise. I'm just like that pastor that takes stuff too far. Open up your window and shout this whole 11 scriptures, like <laughs> over the city. It's like, you really gonna get evicted. Don't do that. There's somebody in the chat. You know that person? They're doing it. No, that was a prophetic word. I'm doing it. Don't do it. Verse one says this, immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. Peter walked on water 
after the crowds got dismissed. Dang, man, that was already. Sometimes when God really wants to do something personally, when you need a personal miracle, sometimes you got to dismiss the crowds. I don't know what crowd that you need to dismiss in this season. I don't know who you are praying for. I don't know who you're preaching for. I don't know who you're working for. I don't know who you're auditioning for. And when I said praying for, y'all know you didn't said a prayer because pastor was in the room and all of a sudden you breaking out of every scripture. Just ask you to pray for the meal and you're like, it says in your words, 2 Kings. I've, I've prayed that way trying to let my leader know that I could preach. I don't know what audience or what crowd you need to dismiss, but, but it's got to be you and Jesus. You want this kind of miracle. This ain't the miracle that's going to take you all over the world. This is a miracle that's going to take you all over your bedroom on your face, worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Sometimes we just got to dismiss the crowds. I love this. I'm all, I, I just feel this word so strong. I know we hate on Peter. If Peter would have just kept focus on Jesus, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's only one man who ever walked on water that was not God, and that was Peter. If I would have raised somebody from the dead yesterday, is that a miracle? Yes, but time and time again, throughout the scriptures, people have been raised from the dead. One man walked on water, and it was after the crowds got dismissed. I just feel this so strong in my spirit. Oasis Church, the spirit of the Lord dismissed the crowd so some followers can walk on water and step out of the boat and see no, see miracles that no eye has seen and no ear has heard, but we got to dismiss the crowds. You got to dismiss the crowd. Maybe your parents and you're trying to do it for them. Maybe it's, the, it's the, your Instagram followers. Somebody's got to dismiss the crowds. Maybe it's your friends that you went to college with and they're all doing great and you got a part-time job. You got to dismiss the crowds. Maybe it's your ex. My crowd was my ex. She was so, I, she was a crowd. Just one person is a crowd. Maybe you got to dismiss the crowds. I don't know who you need to dismiss in this season, but who you dismiss will determine the waters you walk on. And not dismiss them like they're bad. Dismiss them like, no, I don't do this for you. This is for Jesus. I don't do this for my, my, I do this for the Lord. It says he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by the, the, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves for the wind was against him. And in the fourth watch of the night, this is between three and 6 a.m., walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. It was kind of like a old wives tale, if you will, during this time that sailors who had died at sea would come back to haunt those trying to travel. And so this was a, a, a thought that they had gotten from culture, most likely that a ghost who had died had come to haunt them. We know that this was no ghost at all. They cried out in fear, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart. It's me. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. He didn't say the storm isn't dangerous. He didn't say, don't be afraid. It's not as bad as you think. Don't be afraid. It's a media narrative. No, no. He said, here's why you don't have to be afraid. It's me. 
Wait a minute. Can you imagine being in the worst circumstance of your life? And Jesus showing up in the most disastrous circumstance you could ever be in and say nothing to you about the circumstance, but say, don't be afraid, it's me. I, I, somebody's like, I, I feel this word so strong. Jesus is showing up in the middle of COVID-19, in the middle of racism, in the middle of social injustice, racial injustice, in the middle of another lockdown saying, don't be afraid, y'all. It's me. It's me. You don't need to be afraid because it's me. That is a bold, comp that's a bomber I'm coming to my house. When I get back from filming this, I'm just going to come in the house it's me. It's me. Doesn't that sound arrogant? I'm in every room I walk into from here on out, I'm going to say, it's me. You want me to say that? Why? Because I don't have the righteousness or the character where those two words would matter that much. Did, did you hear what I just said? Jesus is Jesus, so he can say, it's me, nobody trip. It's me. It's me. I I'm in the storm. It's me. We good. I should have called this message, we good. Because Jesus is in the middle of it all. He says, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered, Lord, if... Key word, we're going to get back to that later. If it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come on, go on in. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got in the boat, back in the boat, the wind ceased. And, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the son of God. Church, it, it is not about the boat. This is a tough passage of scripture. I think we're hard on Peter in this passage of scripture because we make it about Peter's failure when, when Peter stepped out and did something. Can you imagine like Peter saying, I'm going to get out. Guys, this is it. This is it, guys. 11 to 12 of us here, 11 of them, they're going to stay in the boat. Lord, if it's you, I'm going to come out of the water. And he, he steps out. Of the boat, can you imagine? He's like stepping out of the boat, the waves, and he's like, oh, my foot ain't, my foot ain't going down. He steps out, and he's, oh. If it was me, like, I would start getting prideful, and I'm like, mm. I start, like, pop-locking on the water, like, I'd been like, I'd have been like Diddy, like, on the water like this, looking at G. Like, that's what I would have, like, I just, as soon as my feet would have hit that water, I would have caught a vibe. I don't know what he was doing. I can just tell you what I would have done. What a celebratory moment when he stepped out. He was walking on water. He was like doing the ditty. Take that, take that, take that. I'm on the water. Take that, take that, take that. I'm on the water. And then he gets to Jesus and it's like he sees the wind. He's like, oh. It starts sinking. Party's over. You ever felt like that? Wasn't January through February like that? Dude, January through February, it wasn't even a year, January through February. I mean, we, God was going crazy, y'all. It was like that moment when Peter stepped out of the boat. My wife and I just took over to church. We was like, hey, 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 take that. And then all of a sudden, 
that Rona. And next thing you know, I felt like, are we sinking? We were just walking on water one moment ago, and now we're, we're sinking. You know, I, I've, been, I've been on this journey with my fitness. I'm on this journey. And the Lord's been telling me, Julian, you got to get fit. I'm going to have a lot of stuff for you to do. You got to be healthy. You got to get fit. I love my Popeye's chicken. Love that chicken from Popeye's. I even know the... <laughs> I even know the theme song. You know, I know the theme song. Ain't no theme song for Brussels sprouts. You know the chicken good when you got a theme song for the chicken. Ain't no chicken for carrots. Ain't no theme song for carrots. They ain't never made a theme song for green beans. You get some good fried chicken. Love that chicken from Popeye's. Put that honey on the biscuit. That ain't even honey. It's not even real honey. It's just, it's good though. And Lord said, I, I got it. You're going to do this to you like 80. I need you to be right. So my family start working out. My family start working out. And it's just, there's this thing where your whole family, where your kids is working out, your wife is working out. And they're going to a friend, Marcellus. You just see this guy. This guy takes his shirt off. He looked like somebody drew him. It's like, so you ever like, you look like an action figure, man. You don't even look real. You're like, you don't even, the dude don't even look real when he take his shirt off. And you see somebody else and how they look, and, and you're like, you want to stay where you look like. I look like that in this space. Like, I, like in, in leading and pastoring, I don't want to step into that world because I don't, it's scary. And so I said, you know what, Lord? If it be your will. I, I said it like I'm going to die. I show up to this workout and I'm true story. I wish I was making this up. This is how sad this is. I show up to this workout, and Bailey, my daughter, she goes, Dad, I'm so excited to see you run. <laughs> my daughter will be eight years old in November and has never seen her father take a running step. <laughs> Y'all never seen you run. I'm like, remember that time when, we, when you, dropped, you dropped your birthday cake and I went to get your mom? No, nah, I've never seen you run. So this is my stepping out of the boat moment. I'm going to get fit. And so where, where my friend lives, there's this hill. So he says, all right, this is just a warm-up, right? This is just a warm-up. So I'm running up the hill. Oh, I felt good. I feel good now. Running up the hill. Ran up the hill th three times. Felt good. Didn't feel like I was going to die. And then this kid who plays basketball for Oregon showed up. And he started running faster than I was running. Then I said, well, wait one minute. I'm 43, but I got a little bit more left than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I got prideful. And when I tell you I sprinted up this hill, I was doing great. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was going to die. I was sinking. And you know what I was worried about more than dying? I was worried about people watching me die. I, I was like, I actually don't want to go out there and distract the workout so let me just get, let me just get back in the game. Let me just not deal with this because there's people watching. I'm sinking, but I'm more worried about who's watching than the fact that I'm sinking. And I just feel like, man, maybe, maybe that's why I get Peter. I can relate because it's like when I sink, I'm worried about if anybody's going to watch me sink. If I, if I 
if I make a mistake, I, it's not about God helping me. It's about everybody's going to watch. Everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. Everybody's watching. And I can relate to this story. And here's the thing that I know this is true, because every time you hear about Peter, this is about his failure. We, if you have ever heard this passage of Scripture preached, we've all heard it. Peter should have kept his eyes on Jesus. Like you would have walked. <laughs> no. That's why you got to keep your eyes on Jesus, people. If you want to walk on water, stay focused. Don't we do that? Somebody else has a fall. Pastor has a fall. Yep, that's why. You know, you just got to. Make sure your relationship with Jesus is more important than the church. We start acting like it was easy. Somebody cheats on their wife, cheats on their husband. Man, not everybody out there is cheatable. Can I just preach to you for a second? Listen, man, my nose has been the same size since I was two. Ben had a mole on it. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't feel like I look bad, but you definitely can't put me on the cover of a GQ. So I ain't as cheatable as some of these pastors out there. Can I just be real? I'm not as cheatable. So sometimes we look at a pastor, he's all, he's all buff. He been working out. He never sunk during the workout, all buff, looking all good. He has a fall. Sometimes I can go, yeah, man, you just got, he should have just stayed focused on Jesus. And God's like, really? Really? Just because you're not sinking in the same area. Woo! Doesn't give you the right to judge. Just because you're not sinking in the same area doesn't give you the right to judge. I, I just want to submit to you that I think we might be preaching this passage of Scripture wrong. This is not about the boat. And if you don't say that part of the sermon, right? I'm just messing up your theology right now. If you don't say, see, that's what happens. We don't keep your eyes on Jesus. We don't keep your eyes on Jesus. You sink. No, no, no. You, you just, you're, you're sinking somewhere. Put in the chat, I'm sinking somewhere. I'm sinking somewhere. I have no, no reason to judge where anybody else is sinking. I'm sinking somewhere. So, so either we preach it that way or we go, you just got to have faith to get out of the boat. You heard that one? Faith to get out of the boat. But wait a minute. If we go to verse 27, verse 26, it says that they were scared. He, he didn't say, he didn't have faith in the boat. He had fear in the boat. He didn't say, I want to walk on water. And if I'm going to do it, I got to get out of this boat. That's not what happened. The Bible says in verse 26, when the disciples saw Jesus, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. So what happened was the storm messed up their revelation of who Jesus was. We're preaching this wrong. I think we might be preaching this wrong. This is not about having faith 
to get out of the boat, to do something awesome. I know you want to start the business. I know you want to quit your job. I know you want to do it. And you, maybe you should, but this is not your stepping out of the boat moment. It's not about where you're going. It's not about your dream. Stepping out of the boat is not about what you're trying to do. It's getting your revelation back. Because, because they, they said it's a ghost and they were terrified. That's what it says. I'm not, I'm not trying to mess up what you've heard about this, but in verse 26, it says, but when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. That means they were scared because the storm messed up their revelation and their ability to see Jesus in the middle of it. They had just seen Jesus. He would have had on the exact same clothes because they had just fed the 5,000. So Jesus would have been having the exact same clothes and they couldn't see it was Jesus because of the storm. And then watch this. Jesus says in the next verse, it's me. Remember we, we said that? It's, it's me. And here is why Peter got out of the boat. This is not about the boat, y'all. This is not about the dream. This is not about the thing you want to do. It's not about your career. This is not, we got to stop telling people, it's time for me to step out of the boat. No, no, no. Stepping out of the boat isn't to do something. Watch. Verse 28. Lord, if it is you, tell me to come out on the water to you. Because right now it feels like this is a ghost. Right now, it feels like you ain't here. Right now, this feels like you're not for me. Right now, this feels like I don't have your, my, your favor. And you got to be careful because you think you don't have God's favor because it's not your favorite season. It doesn't have to be your favorite season for God's favor to be on your life. This don't feel like favor. This doesn't feel like Jesus. Jesus, is that you? We don't step out of the boat to, 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 to get a new job. We don't step out of the boat to move to a new city. We step out of the boat because the storm is, I'm, I can't, if it is you, bid me to come to you. And if it's you, no storm from hell will get in the way of me getting to you. So the point wasn't the boat or the storm. The point is and always is Jesus. It's not about the boat. The story is about Christ. That whatever is in between you and Christ will never stop you from getting to him. If you're trying to get a job, stay in the boat. If you're trying to go on an audition, stay in the boat. But if you are trying to get to Jesus, you can step right out on that boat and walk the water and you will get to your Lord and Savior and no storm will stop you. Somebody put in the chat, no storm will stop you. This was not about a career. This was not about the boat. This was not about walking on water. This is about can I get to Jesus even though Everything between me and him says I should die. This is a revelation of the cross. I got all this sin between me and Jesus, and we got to stop calling the devil, blaming the devil on the storm, because sometimes the storm is me, and the waves are kicking up because of me, and the wind is kicking up because of me. And Jesus said, but I, I stood in the storm so that you could come to me. And there's nothing that I will let get between you and me. 
so you can do anything. You can walk on water, church, if you're trying to get to him. And the Bible says this. I, 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 it's right here. Like, this is not about him wanting to walk on water. This is not about him getting out of the boat. You know how we know this is true? Because it says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. You know that word came to Jesus? It means arrived. When we think it, we think it like he took two steps. Like, I don't know how your word picture is or your picture in your mind, but for me, I think like Peter took like, okay, here we go. And then he saw the, the, the waves and then, he, and then he started to sink. No, he made it. It says when he arrived to Jesus, that's the original Greek word, arrived. How I know he made it to Jesus because when he sank, he was at arm's length. So whatever the distance, whoo, between Peter and Jesus, Peter had made it to Jesus. Watch this. I don't know if you've ever been on the water. This is a cultural thing in the middle of the ocean. And like, <laughs> I've done this. I was on a sailboat once and, and it got choppy out there. Is that the right term? Come on, white people, help me out. Chop, choppy? Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get an email about that one. It's sensitive time. Julian at OasisLA.org. Just go ahead and do it. Like, just, <laughs> just do it. I know I got in trouble. I asked the white people if I had the right term for choppy. And it got, it got choppy out there. It got choppy. It was crazy. And I was scared. It wasn't quite a storm, but it was scared. Has anybody ever seen like those, the, the deadliest catch and like those shows of crab fishing and they're fishing on the Bering Sea and it looks terrifying? Can I ask you a question? What is scary about being in the middle of a storm? We're gonna do interactive, there's only 12 people in here. What is scary about being in the middle of the ocean on the storm? What's the scariest thing that you can see? in the middle of a storm. That's what scared the mess out of me, the waves. The waves were huge. And the waves, watch this, if you go back to the verse earlier, verse 24 says the, sh the boat was beaten by the waves. The boat was beaten by the waves. If you're in a storm on the sea, it's the waves that are intimidating. But this scripture says Peter made it all the way to Jesus but verse 30 says, when he saw the wind. Wait, what? He didn't see the waves? Can you even see wind? You can feel it, but you can't see it. So he was walking in so much anointing and made it so close to Jesus, he was able to see the source of the waves and forgot the source of him walking on water. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Did you hear what I just said? He made it so close to Jesus, he could see what was behind the waves and forgot what was behind him walking on water. And so Jesus says, "You, what happened to your faith? And we think, that he's talking about, why did you take your eyes off of me? Jesus never said that. That is our interpretation. And, and, and that'll preach, by the way. Please stay focused on Jesus. But Jesus never rebuked Peter for not staying focused on him. 
I honestly think, can I present to you a different possibility? Everyone who's preached that may be right, but I just want to present to you a different possibility where Jesus said, Peter, you have little faith because you made it all the way. He made it all the way to Jesus, y'all. And now you're looking at the wind. You just walked on water. You... This, this ain't about the boat. You got to understand, I want you to write this down. Peter did not get out of the boat because he was sure of what he saw. He didn't look at the water and say, I, I, I see it. I can do this. He got out of the boat because he was sure of who he heard. Getting out of the boat is not being sure about where you're going or if you can do it. Getting out of the boat is I'm sure I heard, Lord, if it's you, bid me to come to you. He's saying, I don't think I can walk on water. I think if you tell me I can walk on water. So when Jesus made it to Peter, excuse me, Peter made it to Jesus. Peter made it to Jesus on the strength of Jesus' word, not the strength of Peter's desires, goals, and dreams. Oh, we step out of the boat and we don't have a word. I got a prophetic word for you. Can I say this? I probably need another email. Get your butt back in the boat. You ain't got a word. He didn't step out of, that's your dream. That's your desire. That's your goal. And yes, we're going to get to the other side. Remember, he put him in the boat to get to the other side. But I'm staying in the boat unless Jesus, and if I get out the boat, this has nothing to do with a goal or a dream. It's you told me. He, he wasn't sure. Jesus. If it's you, I can't tell. The, the waves are crashing all around me. I can't tell. If it is you, say something, because I can't see. I can't. And Jesus says, come. One word. One word. Peter said, oh, I know that voice. I couldn't see. That ain't no ghost. That ain't no ghost. I know that voice. That ain't no ghost. That ain't my Instagram followers. That ain't my old pastor. Come on. That ain't my parents. That ain't my, I know that voice. That ain't my ex. That ain't my boss. I know that voice. That is Jesus. I'm getting out of the boat. I know that voice. He didn't get out of the boat because he knew the waters. He get out. He knew the voice. He knew the voice. He was sure of who he heard. He was sure. Of, of who he heard, and then he makes it to Jesus, and, and then Peter forgot what he heard in the beginning because of what he saw in the middle. He, he saw the wind. He had a revelation of what was causing the waves. Isn't that what happened? So many, some of us, we have a, such a revelation of the evil behind racism, we don't have a revelation about the Jesus behind everything else we do. So he had a revelation of the source of his problem. Not the waves, the wind, the wind, the wind. He wasn't aware of the wind. He was like, watch this. The waves were coming against the boat. But have you ever tried to walk in wind? The wind was coming against Peter. He had already conquered the waves, but now he felt the wind. He felt the resistance personally. 
And, and so many people say, Pastor Julian, I want to start a church one day. I hope you do, but it's windy. It's windy. Come on, single people, you want to get married? I'm married. My wife is an angel, but it can get windy. You want to start a business? It's windy. I know you've been praying for the music business and the industry and all that stuff, but it's, it's windy out there. And, and don't get out there and get a revelation of the wind and you don't have a revelation of... Because that resistance is the wind. It's not that you're not called. Your calling just gets windy. And we always preach the promise, but we never preach about the wind. So people step out of the boat, and then when they see the wind, they begin to sink in the very thing God called them. I'm telling you, it's windy. Just, it's windy. It's windy. It's windy. This is not a faith story about getting out of a boat. This is about not losing faith after you've already walked on water. This has nothing to do with a boat. It's nothing to do with the boat. It's not about stepping out the boat. I know you heard it, but it's not about stepping out the boat. You know how I know? Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him took hold of him. This is not a failure. This is not about stepping out of the boat. This is about if you actually step into this next season, you will sink. But you've made it to Jesus and he'll help you up. And here's what's really mind-blowing. He says, you have little faith. And verse 32, the final verse that I'm going to read, is when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Wait a minute, I I thought, I thought this was about faith to get out of the boat. But they ended up back in the boat. The story ends up with them all back in the boat. Because Jesus was on his way to the boat. How do we know Peter didn't get out early? And God wanted him to teach him a lesson. I don't know. We don't know why, but it says this. They all got back in the boat. And they all worshiped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. Here is why I believe God needs you to have a water walking experience. Not so that you have faith to get out of the boat. But when you get back in the boat, you're going to be a different person. You're going to worship. You're going to worship. What if the building is a boat? And now we're, as a church, stepping out of the boat that was the building, and we feel like we're sinking, and Jesus is going to help us up, and when he brings us back to the boat, we won't skip worship and just show up for the message. Peter was afraid in the boat. He was afraid in the boat in the beginning, and he was worshiping in the boat in the end. It's not about the boat. And I believe that you're called to whatever boat that is. It, it, you're called to it. You're called, but Jesus needs you to step out of it. Build your faith so that when Starbucks opens back up, you're a different person in Starbucks. Amen. 
he's not telling you, oh, this is the time to, most of you, he's not telling you this is the time to quit your job, this is the time to step out of the boat. No, this is the time to, to step out of the boat so that when you come back, same boat, different you. Same boat, different you. Not much is going to change around here unless we get a renovation budget. But I don't, I'm not into renovating the building right now because Jesus has a renovation budget for your soul and it's the blood. He, he paid the blood. So we got to be renovated because the same boat, different you. Different you. Different you, it's, it's not about stepping out of the boat to follow your dreams. And some of you are following your dreams, but I'm just saying that, that interpretation is not correct. It's just stepping out of the boat to get to Jesus. We got to change our language from, I feel called to this, and this is what the Lord told me I'm going to do, and I, I feel like I'm supposed to do this, I'm supposed to do that. I feel like we just got to say, Lord, if it's you, I'm coming out there. I'm coming out there. It's not that I want to be in the industry. It's that you're in the industry. It's not that I want to pastor a church. You're, you're in it. And if it's you, I'm coming to you. I'm coming to you. And I don't know. There's been a lot of things that have gotten in between me and my dreams, but there's never been anything to get in between me and Jesus. And God is saying, if... You stop having so many dreams and let me be the dream. You could walk on water. You could do something nobody's ever done. Romans 4, verse 20, because some of you say, okay, how do I get that kind of faith? I believe we find it in Romans 4, verse 20 through 21. This is talking about Abraham. It says, no unbelief made Abraham waver concerning the promise of God but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. So whatever stepping out means, don't worry about the boat. It's thank you, Jesus. God, without you, I couldn't do anything. Lord, you my rock. As you give glory to God, as you give glory to God, not as you give credit to who's causing racism, Weak faith comes from not glorifying God. That's why I refuse anymore. I'm going to fight for justice. Know that. But we're not at war with flesh and blood. I'm fighting in the spirit. I'm not going to fight people anymore. And you can fight people. I'm not fighting people anymore. I'm not blaming people. I'm not blaming politicians. I'm, not, I'm going to glorify God and I need him to strengthen my faith. And you might disagree with that, but we won't know till we get to the end of our life. And, 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 and you need to know that it's not about, it's not about anything but trying to get to Jesus. And, and whatever racism is, whatever, I had to get off Instagram because the waves of racism were between me and Jesus. And I started to sink because I was looking at this of what I thought was the source of the wave of racism. I saw the wind and I began to sink. And Jesus, a couple of weeks ago, helped me back up. And now I walked back to the boat that is my post as a pastor of this church, but I'm different. 
I'm different. I'm not going to be arguing and fighting and posting. And if you feel called to do that, you go ahead. But I, I, I can't. I got to grow strong in my faith as I give glory to the Lord. That's what it says. He grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to the Lord, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Why are we acting like God, the greatest civil rights, and I, I'm all about justice, the greatest civil rights leader, in my opinion, he's a hero of mine, is Martin Luther King. He said God gave him a vision. He said that God showed him the promised land of equality. So equality is not something that you want. It's something that God promised. So, so before you can even get in the conversation of equality, you got to be fully convinced. Fully convinced that God is able to do what he promised. Not what you want, what he promised. Not your, what he promised. God said he's going to do it. And so I'm fully convinced. And so then when we see things that don't go our way, I'm fully convinced. When we get the audition, I'm fully convinced. When we don't get the audition, I'm fully convinced. When we get the job interview, I'm fully convinced. When unemployment check comes, I'm fully convinced. When they cut it off, I'm fully convinced. Because it's windy. It's windy. It's windy on the water. But you walk in the water. We're doing it, church. And so I want to pray for you right now. I believe the Holy Spirit is just telling me to tell you. It's, it's not about the boat. It's not about the boat. Just... Jesus, if it's you, I, I need to get to you. I need to get to you. I'm done letting my own thoughts get in the way of me getting to you. The waves of my thoughts, the, the waves of my sin, the waves of my own opinion. I, I just need to get to you, Lord. And so right now, I, I'm just going to pray and I really believe. I really believe the Holy Spirit is going to refresh somebody's faith right now. Father in heaven, we thank you for sending Jesus. We thank you for sending Jesus. Holy Spirit, come right now. There's some people who need to get to you. Matter of fact, if you need to put your faith in Jesus, not in getting out of the boat, not in walking on water, but in Jesus, just say, Lord, I'm coming to you. There's no wave of sin. I'm repenting, and I know I can get to you because you are coming to me, and you died for me, and Lord, I need you. I, 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 need, I need you in my life. I need to surrender to you. I need to follow you with all of my heart, my mind and my soul and my strength. Lord, I need to get to you. I need to get to you in the middle of COVID. I need to get to you with racism. I need to get to you. I need to get to you, Lord. So I'm stepping out to get to you. And I feel like the, the, the spirit is gonna strengthen you, build your faith. And don't forget, as you give glory, which, which just means as you praise the Lord, in Jesus' name. Come on, in Jesus' name. Put your hands together in Jesus' name. Amen. What song we got? Come on, this is perfect. Perfect song. We're going to just spend one more moment in worship. Don't click the X button. Come on, get in God's presence. Maybe this is your moment. Maybe this is your moment. Maybe walking on water isn't even about water. It's about just getting to Jesus in the middle of everything that is going on. And so I really believe as we declare this final song over our families, over our city, over our church, and over our homes that God's going to do something special. Let's worship him.